Welcome to episode 36 of You Are Not A Frog, COVID fatigue, what's going on and what we can do about it. Welcome to You Are Not A Frog, the podcast for GPs, doctors and other busy professionals in high stress jobs. Even before the coronavirus crisis, many of us were feeling stressed and one crisis away from not coping. We felt like frogs in boiling water, overwhelmed and exhausted. But this has crept up on us slowly, so we hardly notice the extra long days becoming the norm. And let's face it, frogs generally only have two choices. Stay and be boiled alive or jump out of the pan and leave. But you are not a frog, and that's where this podcast comes in. You have many more options than you think you do. It is possible to be master of your own destiny and to craft your life so that you can thrive even in the most difficult of circumstances. I'm your host, Dr. Rachel Morris, GP, turn executive coach and specialist in resilience at work. I work with doctors and other organisations all over the country to help professionals and their teams beat stress and take control of their work. I'll be talking to friends, colleagues and experts, all who have an interesting take on this, so that together we can take back control to survive and thrive in our work and lives. Are you constantly stressed and thinking about work? Does your laptop come with you on holiday? Your to-do list have permanent residence in your brain and your worry about how to handle the latest crisis wake you up in the small hours. Then it's time to get your life back and that's exactly what our brand new online course will help you do. It's a 60-minute reset for healthcare professionals to shift your mindset so you can set boundaries and limits around your work without the endless guilt that you've not done enough. It's just £27 and you can get instant access now when you go to shapestoolkit.com slash getyourlifeback. We've also got CPD forms which will help you reflect on what you've learned through the podcast, which you can submit for your appraisal. So if you'd like one of those, click the link in the show notes. So in this episode of the podcast, I'm really pleased to be joined again by Dr. Caroline Walker, who is the Joyful Doctor, and she specialises in the well-being of doctors. Now, we've been recording a series of podcasts and podcast videos with the aim to support frontline workers and doctors and other people in busy, high-stress jobs through the crisis. This week, we're talking about COVID fatigue. I don't know about you, but I've noticed that the energy has dipped quite a lot at the beginning of the COVID crisis we were all really wide we were all working as hard as we could and really running on adrenaline and I think some of us have started to lose that adrenaline and become really quite fatigued and tired so in this episode Caroline and I discuss you know why is this and what we can do about it I hope this episode is helpful here it is Okay, so welcome back to another edition of our joint podcast all around the COVID crisis and how we're coping. This is a joint podcast between myself and Dr. Caroline Walker. Caroline, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, hi Rachel. It's, it's great to be back with you. My name is Dr. Caroline Walker. I am an NHS-based psychiatrist and therapist and I specialise in the well-being of doctors. I founded an organisation called The Joyful Doctor, which is all about supporting the well-being of doctors and I uh, run The Joyful Doctor podcast. Great. And I'm Dr. Rachel Morris. I'm a GP, tone executive coach. I specialise in resilience and productivity in the workplace for professionals in high stress jobs. And I run a training course called The Shapes Toolkit. And I'm also host of the You Are Not A Frog podcast. So it's good to be back today. It's been a, I think a couple of weeks since we recorded the last one. And I think oh. things are constantly sort of changing 
through the COVID crisis. And we've been, you know, talking with teams and managers and doctors and individuals and have sort of noticed the way things are shifting a little bit. Caroline, what have you noticed going on with people? Yeah, absolutely. I've noticed that with the last sort of couple of weeks, particularly, we've been really shifting into a slightly more exhausted phase. It's like we had that first sort of rush of those first few weeks where everyone was pulling together. There was lots of energy. We all got the same goal in mind. Really um, almost quite exciting, but also quite scary. And now it feels like that, that initial kind of phase is sort of starting to wear off a bit and we're kind of shifting towards this, this new phase, this sort of almost like a recovery phase that is starts with a period of feeling just a bit flat and a bit exhausted and a bit like, oh my goodness, this is going on quite a long time now and there's no end in sight. So I really feel like we're at that point at the moment. And we're, we're there's a name, I think we're talking about it within healthcare as COVID fatigue. It's like we've kind of a bit fed up, we've had enough, we've not got that energy that we had just a few weeks ago. Yeah. And so you know we were just talking earlier that we we think there are a few factors contributing to this and you've already outlined some and I think it's it's very different for lots of different people because I think we're all doing such different things aren't we some of us you know absolutely you know working as hard as we possibly can on the front line yeah you know seeing patients all the time some of us are on the front line but but our work is really quite quiet Mm -hmm. because no one's coming in some Mm -hmm. of us are us now seeing our uh, work starting to creep up and I think especially GPs they might not be seeing patients face to face so much but actually the phones are going are going yeah. crazy you know having just so many phone calls now from people worried about other medical conditions and things like that and then we've got yeah. people at home who are having to isolate who also are working incredibly hard and having to cope with the kids as well and then there are some people who have been furloughed and actually maybe don't have as much to do so you know it's difficult isn't it when you're trying to interact with friends and colleagues who are at a very different stage and doing very yeah. different things yeah absolutely and all of those different places are, are quite uh, you know people are having the normal reactions that they would have in those different times so so those that are still in it and still feeling quite stressed and maybe a bit overwhelmed those who are sitting uh, somewhere perhaps with less to do feeling quite guilty or quite anxious about what's to come those where it's starting to creep up thinking oh my goodness you know how hard is this going to get and how are we going to cope how are we going to readjust to this new normal that everyone keeps talking about and I think you're right that we're, everyone's at different points at different stages right now and, and that can be quite challenging when you're you're perhaps feeling one way and that that friend you're talking to or that colleague you're talking to is feeling another way but everything that we're feeling is still quite normal I think at this stage for all those different bits of the process we were we were talking earlier weren't we about the different phases when something like this happens mm-hmm. you know there's an initial phase and there's a sort of recovery phase and then there's a, a sort of rebuilding phase and I know you've been speaking with people this week about that and how yeah, yeah, I was having a really interesting chat with, with someone who works for charities and this sort of quite well-recognised crisis sort of response thing where, you know, if something happens like an earthquake, a big disaster, you've got your, your initial response, high adrenaline, you're, you're going at it, you're, you know, you're, you're rescuing people, you're sorting things out and, you know, everything's go, go, go. And then after that, you've got the recovery phase where, you know, the, the disaster is over then you get to recover now obviously this is like you have this one-off thing going on but I guess there are other disasters that are ongoing aren't yeah, there ab- I guess with the COVID it is a bit ongoing absolutely so it's not like an earthquake or a, a terrorist attack or something like that where it happens at point you know on day one and then you you follow this 
pattern actually what we're having is lots of little repeating traumas and little almost like aftershocks and we may have more traumas to come and that's a really tricky place so so what i'm seeing interestingly this week is i've spoken to a few doctors who are almost starting to feel that stress and anxiety again that they felt in the first week or two because for them it's like oh we're about to face this challenge again so say gps where patients are coming back in and they're a little bit busier and there's now starting to oh how are we going to manage these patients who've got chronic symptoms or how are we going to you know get the care to people who need it in in the new ways that we're working at the moment and for a lot with testing happening more as well i think there's that's leaving a lot of people in surprising situations so people finding out that they're asymptomatically positive or finding out that they're negative when they really thought they would be positive and and so people are kind of it, it's a really strange time right now where we've kind of got one foot in that crisis phase still and one foot in this recovery phase where it's like this is changing and shifting and we're kind of starting to work out our, how we're going to be living and you know adjusting but it's still so happening it's still unfolding and and so we're getting a real mix of emotions at the moment i think yeah I guess the, the third phase of that is then the rebuilding phase where we start to rebuild things. And mm. I guess what I've observed is that we're, you know, doctors and professionals in high stress jobs, we're very quick to get into action on things. Yeah. And I think there's a risk that we go straight from the response phase into the rebuilding phase without stopping to recover yeah. and to look after yeah. ourselves and think actually what is it that we need it just as individuals but also as teams and as a system as a whole to recover yeah absolutely spot on Rachel like we often rush that part and I see that in doctors all the time with their mental health generally and with the physical health actually we've all done it haven't we we've got a flu and then the moment we can get out of bed or have a meal we're like right when are we going back to work you know we're we're right back on it and we we really struggle to go oh actually when you've had a proper flu sometimes it takes a month or six weeks to kind of really feel better and with covid i think it's going to be several months for us to recover from what's just happened in the last couple of months yeah. and there may be other peaks and stresses along the way which will kind of push that back as well so you're absolutely right we need to be giving ourselves enough time and enough support and enough space right now to just kind of feel and talk and share and, and process what's just happened and what is happening to us as human beings because it's big stuff it sort of reminds me a bit like the you know the Kubler-Ross grief cycle where you know you start with this yeah. and then you go into this and then you go into this and then you go into this but actually we know that, that it doesn't happen in a linear way you no. start with that you go to that and then you might circle back again and go yeah. through it all again and I guess that's what's going to happen isn't it with this absolutely absolutely and it's going to go on for months so we might get days or weeks where we're feeling a bit better but then we'll get a day where suddenly we're really angry again or suddenly we're really tearful and upset again we might get stretches of periods are like a couple of weeks or longer where we're feeling a bit flat and a bit down and it can feel like you're quite depressed you know and I'm seeing a lot of people who are thinking oh am I is this wrong somehow am I depressed or have I got PTSD or have I got this or that and I think at the moment we're still in that phase where it's kind of most things are kind of probably quite normal and it's just our normal human response to trauma and grief and adjusting when such big things happen so you know if you're still getting kind of fuzzy headedness you can't remember what day it is you know a lot of us are still getting that where all the days are merging into one that's quite normal still at this phase you know i think we need to just give ourselves time and and as you say as doctors we're very proactive we want to kind of 
get back to normal get things going get things you know be busy be productive but if we rush that then we're not going to allow that space to heal and recover we're going to run into much bigger problems down the line yeah and that's really helpful for me just thinking that actually this is normal i was feeling really yeah. really low last week on a couple of days i think probably because yeah. the weather was awful as well doesn't yeah. it yeah i'm a very fickle soul can be changed by the weather and I was on a, a FaceTime call with my family and I just wasn't my normal perky self. And, you know, my mum, bless her, was going, right, Rachel, what's, you know, are you okay? Are you okay? And I was thinking, oh, am I not okay? Maybe I am depressed and all this. And yeah. actually, I was just feeling yeah. miserable yeah. about what was going on and what was happening with, you know, work yeah. and, and the kids can't get out and see their friends. So actually... Yeah, yeah absolutely I had it about 10 days two weeks ago and I just had a day where I just had to sit on the sofa all day and just be like oh my goodness you know yeah. what's going on and you know and I have had mental health problems and still do sometimes and I have had bipolar disorders you know and so for me it felt very similar to when I was depressed but the I suppose the difference was that there was a slight kind of there is a more changeableness to it mm -hmm. so it's not like every single day I'm completely flat it's more that there's these moments or like this morning I was watching something on TV um, the news and there was this lovely story a really uplifting story about a lady who's come out of hospital after having COVID and a tracheostomy and she's reunited with her family including her young children and it just really hit me and I started crying you know and that and I wouldn't normally and then pre-COVID I wouldn't normally cry at those sorts of stories I might but um, but at the moment there's just that our emotions are just that little bit closer to the surface it can feel really disorientating and we kind of expect it to be better already you know it's okay it should be better but, but no actually it takes time it takes yeah. months not weeks so how do we know if we are depressed and we've got a more significant mental health problem that maybe we need to seek professional help for yeah. or if it's just covid fatigue and fed upness really great question and it's not easy always to tell and it's certainly not easy to tell for ourselves so i think i mean i've relatively experienced it knowing my own illness and pattern now so i can just about judge it for myself but i still run it by professionals as well so and what i would say is if you're getting say more persistent symptoms so you're feeling really flat and fed up and no energy and no motivation and you're struggling with your day-to-day -day life so you're struggling to get out of bed you're struggling to eat as you normally would you're struggling to go to work you're struggling to do and it's impacting day-to-day -day, but for several days up to like say a couple of weeks in a row then I think we need to be starting to talk to a professional seeking help to say you know your GP or to one of the helplines that's out there to say is this normal is this not for until that point when you're just having the odd day or the odd few days what i'd say is just check it out with your mates and your friends and your colleagues and just just ask each other how you're doing like your mum did with you you know just that bouncing back and forward like i might say to you rachel oh, i've had a bad day today or you know today's a better day it kind of helps you just to get a gauge of what's everyone else going through is this normal is this not you know have they noticed something and but what i suppose if what we're looking for is for those struggling that little bit more is that it's lasting longer yeah. and it's really impacting on what you're able to do day to day yeah, yeah and there is help out there if that's you there is absolutely the mental health services are out there the helplines are out there it's all running as it as it would normally be there for you so please do reach out if you're struggling so just want to bring us back to this covid fatigue because i think there are several areas that we can get the covid fatigue in and yeah. i think 
you know, one of them is just physical fatigue, just physically feeling knackered because maybe we're not yeah. sleeping as well. Several things, I guess, contribute to that. What, you know, anxiety and stress and maybe waking up worrying. I found myself awake in the middle of the night, just going over stuff the other night. Yeah. Um, but also maybe we're not as physically active during the day. You know, I'm normally cycling around Cambridge and yeah. not doing that. I'm, I'm trying to get to stuff, but nowhere near as much as I used to. So I guess there's that sort of fatigue. I've read a bit about Zoom fatigue as well. Yeah, yeah, Oh yeah. my goodness. So that's a thing, isn't it? You know, why, why is it that Zoom is... And these sort of virtual I don't I mean I don't think it's just Zoom is it I mean it's handy no, to call it any, Zoom other, it's other any, platforms yeah, exist virtual yes. working I think and that kind of constantly being on your screen constantly watching yourself and others and interacting in a human way but but with a screen between you is exhausting and it's really interesting this week myself and Claire Gerard the medical director at NHS practitioner health put out a blog on the BMJ about COVID fatigue and a big chunk of it was about actually this isn't just affecting those that are in hospitals or the front line where they're working directly with COVID patients this is really affecting those that are working from home and those that are working from work but are quieter at the moment so the fatigue's affecting us all in different ways and you're absolutely right those of us working from home We've lost those boundaries between work and home life. That's blurring more. So we're, we're tending to be working a lot longer than we would. And when we're working, we're often distracted by, you know, the noises or worrying about being interrupted or things like that. And yeah, just the way of working, the, the having the back-to-back meetings online, constantly watching yourself on screen, you know, as you're talking, is really exhausting mentally and physically. And, and it was a question we, we did a webinar yesterday, and somebody asked, didn't they, you know, is it a physical exhaustion as well? And 100%, it's, this is mental and physical, it's both. Because our bodies and our minds are just working in very different ways right now. There are some, some sort of top tips I read in an article about the Zoom fatigue or virtual yeah, conferencing. Yeah. The really good tip is first, you turn off your self-view because then you're not distracted by having to look at yourself thinking, you know, it's my, my hair yeah. okay, so what do I look yeah. like? You know, just because yeah. you don't normally see yourself when you're talking to someone, it's just a bit weird. So you, yeah. you can turn that off in many of the platforms. Yeah. And the second one is, if possible, just have a phone call. I get it. You'll push for time and with over 200 episodes, how do you know which is going to be the one that lifts you out of the saucepan and back to thriving at work? Never fear, the You Are Not A Frog podcast quiz is here. Find out if you're a super squirrel, brilliant badger or mighty mole and I'll send you a personalised playlist with the top five episodes that will make the biggest difference to you. Discover your top of the hops top five episodes sorry and leap into your happiest thriving self again just go to you are not a frog.com slash quiz and i must say yesterday i had a couple yeah. of calls and i actually walked while i was speaking which is lovely yeah. and that yeah. is yeah. It's not as tiring actually yeah and i would say as well in between meetings if you can having little gaps so i've been trying to if i've got an hour long meeting i've been trying to make it 50 minutes or 55 and then taking five minutes and not using those five minutes to just oh, i'll just check that email or, or i'll just set up that other meeting or i'll just do this but actually st- standing up moving going elsewhere getting outside changing your physical energy state so important yeah yeah so there's the, that's the virtual working fatigue. But you, you also mentioned the blurred lines between work and home. And certainly I've had lots of people commenting on that. So I think 
before COVID came along, there was a really good TED talk that I, I watched. I think I've mentioned it on the podcast before, but I'll put the link in the show notes. It talks about the, the third space between work and home and noticing yeah. that when he was coming home, he hadn't really got rid of the day's work and he'd just go straight into his kids. And they were always, I, th- I think he, he realised that his kids were almost more frightened of him when he got home from work. And then he was a completely different person on a, a Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. And he starts to talk about how you build this sort of, almost like a decompression zone between your workday and your home life. Now, many people yeah. have that when they're commuting. Yes. We've lost that when we're working, those of us who are working from home. And so there are things that you can do to build that in. Maybe, you know, going out for a walk or going and getting changed into some actual different clothes or doing a 10 minute meditation or something that's going to just demark. This is work. This is him. I just need that space in between. And then, and then what you do in that space in between mm-hmm. is to take time to like, just sort of rest a bit and then to yeah. recover and reflect on what you've just done during the day. And then almost doing a ritual that helps you reset your thinking into, right, I'm now, I've left that behind. I'm now into home mode. And and certainly when I've not done that, I've been, you know, trying to cook tea whilst talking to a child, whilst thinking about the thing I've just done at at work. And I'm really distracted. It just doesn't feel good. Have you found yourself doing that? Yeah, absolutely. Like everybody, right? We're not really mindful about these things from the very beginning. Then we very quickly get into habits that are not so healthy. So a lot of people have been thinking, actually, it's really nice not to have to commute. I've got this extra time in my day, but we're just automatically using that to blur and and keep working basically for most of us. Yeah. I really recommend, and I use a kind of technique at the end of the day, particularly where I sort of just mentally scan through what I've done that day in of work and, and just kind of go, okay, so I had this meeting and then I did this podcast and then I did that. And then I spoke to that person and, and you just kind of scan through. It's almost like you're filing away your day in your brain naturally. And then if anything pops up from it, like, Oh, I forgot to do that. You just make a little note for tomorrow to do it tomorrow. And you keep going through your day until you get to the end. And it's, it's what our brain naturally does on a commute actually without us realizing. But if we can actually just deliberately do that, it only takes a few minutes and note down anything that you do tomorrow, then you can leave that at work. Even if work is at home, you can leave it mentally at work. And then you walk through that door. It's like, ah, okay, now I'm at home. And it can really help to delineate that. And if you need, some people need, as you say, that slightly bigger third space. So a time to maybe you do go for a brief walk or you do five minutes on a mindfulness app or you do, you know, do a little dance to your favorite song. It doesn't, it really doesn't matter what you're doing, but something just to break up, differentiate between the two. Yeah. Otherwise we just carry one into the other and back again. And that is exhausting. Yes. There's a really good book by Michael Hayek called Free to Focus, which I'm, I'm looking at a lot at the moment. And mm. they do recommend that at the end of each day, you set three priorities for the next day. So, mm. yes, as well as looking back, you think, actually, what am I doing tomorrow? Mm. Get those down. And then actually tomorrow, it's much easier to get started on your work. Those of you, know, those of you yeah. that aren't just <laughs> plowing straight into a yeah. surgery or something like that. But, but even yeah. then, there's always other stuff that you've got to do. So sort of knowing that in advance takes it away from room and it's the ruminating that we do isn't it yeah Yeah. because if we don't file that away 
it stays in our brain. And it, like you said, you're cooking or you're trying to relax in the evening and actually it's just, you're still switched on and it's still whizzing around or you wake up in the middle of the night. And if that's happening to you, then do get it out of your brain is my biggest tip. So write it down, have a pad and pen by your bed, preferably not a screen, but if, if not, you know, if you've got your phone by your bed, then do just type it into the notes, you know, don't go into your social media and stuff, but just getting it out of your head. So it's not whizzing around and going, okay, I'm going to look at that in the morning. Yeah. It's interesting though. It's like you said, we do that rumination naturally on our commute and naturally when we're walking around. So sometimes it may be that you actually do need to go for a walk rather than just sitting at your, your desk to do that. So I talk a lot about switching your brain between focus mode and diffuse yeah. mode. And actually it's yeah. the diffuse mode where you start thinking, oh yeah, well, there's that thing and that thing. So yeah. but sometimes actually getting yourself some, physically somewhere different to do that reflecting and planning or be it on a walk or you've got a cup of tea you're going to sit in an armchair actually I sometimes take myself off to that corner of my that's my sort of planning chair where I sort of sit and I think actually what do I need what's the priorities here and you know yeah. that's quite helpful for me to be physically in a different space yeah so even if you can't if you've got a tiny space if you're one of those people i heard from a mum the other days three kids downstairs she's working eight to late in her bedroom doing like phone calls all day with patients even if you haven't got the space you can just be really creative literally just turn your chair around like literally where you are you could just literally you know shift to face a different wall because we know that if we change our perspective change what we're looking at change what we're it it shifts our brain into a different way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Like the old um, the movie with Robin Williams, it's the, the one where he stands on the table, the Dead Poets Society, and you know he gets all the he gets his students to stand up on the teacher's desk and look at the world from a different perspective. Yeah, yeah. it's really really powerful. So even you don't need lots of space to do it. You don't need a garden. You don't need. Yeah. You can just do something. Yeah. yeah. So I'm sort of busy writing down these different areas of Zoom fatigue. One fatigue thing, and I, I'm not sure, yes, no, we will talk about this, is people fatigue, stroke family fatigue, stroke relationship fatigue. Totally, because, really I important. Mean, really I love important. my guys, you know, and I'm so yeah. grateful for them. But you know what? Yeah. We could just do with being apart for a bit, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm so glad you said it. It's happening to all of us. We're all Mm -hmm. struggling with our relationships right now because they're all shifting and changing. And I I think what's happened is in the first few weeks, like I said before, we're all kind of focused in on a shared goal. We're doing what we have to do to make things work. Now it's getting a bit like it's wearing a bit thin and we're all getting a little bit on top of each other, a bit more, a bit more irritable again and a bit more. And I, I'm really recommending to people that they relook at their schedules and how they're managing their week. Because what I think a lot of families and lots of um, people living together have done is kind of fallen into new patterns that they've had to, to cope, but, but some of those patterns aren't working for them. So it might be that you've divvied up the childcare or when you're going to do the homeschooling or who's working when and who's doing this and who's that. And, and that's what you had to do to start with. But I would look at that again and go, okay, is that working for us? Or do we need to change the days around or the times around a little bit? Or do I need a little bit more time where it's just me? You know, we really need to start feeding that time back in because that's the time that went completely the first thing to go right we're so focused on our patients and our families and our colleagues the first thing to go is is the time for us so if we can start to just feed that back in and, and a little bit of fun dare I say it as well I think now you know we're all still finding this quite challenging and quite tough and it is a serious situation 
but it is okay to start to build in a bit more of the the joy into life again and to think you know what might I enjoy I just bought myself my first ever Lego set that's just for me you know because I was that playing with my son's one and I was like actually I really, really quite like this yeah. <laughs> so I think it doesn't matter what it is but I think just starting to mindfully look at that how we're spending our time with each other and can we actually just change that slightly so it works better for all of us yeah I was listening to a really good podcast about relationships in in COVID and the guy was saying there's some really interesting statistics about relationships and you know what happens and in disasters and you know tough times and you know yes there is a lot of you know trauma and a lot of people actually do end up splitting up afterwards but actually there's a lot of relationships become stronger and it's interesting he was saying you know the problem we forget to do the stuff that we would normally do so you know if we weren't in covid me and my husband would make sure we tried to talk to each other more and and have a date night every well we tried it every week that never happens every couple of weeks but we haven't had a date night for what we are week week seven now yeah the kids are always around and we're always it's lovely yeah. we're always eating dinner together yeah. that's Actually, really nice cool. and I know. think yeah a lot of people but now's the time to start thinking about that yeah. and feeding it back in again and similar my partner and I have a date night and we did keep most of ours going actually but they changed they were very different like we, we for most of them we just sat there like zombies you know <laughs> like oh my goodness what's going on it's too much you know but now is the time I think to start gently giving ourselves permission to just start reintroducing those sort of more normal things that keep us well and happy in the longer term because you know as human beings we're not designed to be under constant strain and stress all the time we we need a bit of both you know we need to be challenged and and to face up to reality and problems but we also need downtime and connection and joy and yeah all those lovely things so and I think it's about not expecting it to be the same to start with so doing it but not you know just being a bit gentle with it like okay maybe we won't be our most sparkling amazing you know date night ever but it just will do it and then and then it will gradually come back are there any other areas of so we've talked a little bit about the physical fatigue you know with the not sleeping and also the sort of maybe lack of exercise we talked about the virtual fatigue of you know that the effort that it takes to do relationships virtually you know it's not just that you're always looking at yourself it's more difficult to read body language in two yes as it were yeah totally we talked about sort of the blurred home life fatigue the work life blurring line fatigue of the difficulty that work leeching into stuff and then there's people fatigue as well yeah any other areas you're seeing that we are becoming a bit fatigued in i mean i I'm not sure there's any area of life that hasn't been touched by this. Actually, the more we go through it, the more I look around and think, oh, I mean, there's certain things, aren't there, that have just carried on without us. Like the spring is happening here in the UK and we're seeing the beautiful bluebells have come up and, you know, and the sun is shining on some days and that's lovely. And so there are, there are bits about life in the universe that have carried on as normal without as if nothing's going on. But most areas, and I think it's really important you touched on that, those more subtle things that we perhaps don't think about like the way that we interact with one another. so even if you go out to the shops like I drove to the supermarket the other day for our food shop it just everything felt different you know the roads looked different because there were less cars the people were walking in different ways and and as I went into the shop there were these new lines on the floor and yeah. and, and people are just sort of keeping or swerving not, to avoid you aren't they yeah some are wearing masks some are it's just like there's all these little subtle changes and like different things 
in the shops and the news you know just our, te our television has changed you know it's something we may a lot of us do interact with on a daily basis our work has changed our relationships have changed child rearing everything it's like there's very few areas where it hasn't but I, what I do want to come back to is that you know as human beings we're incredibly adaptable to change that's what we do if you think about it as a baby you come out of your mum's you know tummy and you're actually like everything changes from that point forward you have to learn how to feed yourself and learn how to walk and learn how to talk and how to make friends and how to work and how to study and have fun and you know we're as human beings we're generally very adaptable to change so initially it can feel a real shock it can feel really unsettling it can feel all over the place and bring up a lot of difficult emotions but actually most of us do adapt really quickly and I think we're starting to see that now in this hybrid place where we're kind of one foot in the crisis and one foot into the next phase it's like we're changing we're adapting with it and we're starting to feel a little bit more like oh okay this is where the new boundaries are this is where this is how I approach this so you know it is hard but we will get through this and we are getting through this and we're going to get through whatever there is to come as well and together so caroline i'm gonna ask you for your three top tips for people to avoid code of fatigue so while you think of those i'll just share yeah. mine i just jotted a few down my top tips for people would be firstly make sure you find that decompression zone that third space between work and home make it something different make it something intentional make it a routine so that's the first thing i think secondly think about how each relationship you have with the people you're with or the people if you're not isolating with anybody the people you regularly see on zoom and think about actually how can we make this a little bit more fun <laughs> or you know how can i spend a little bit more particular time with you and then i think my third tip would be don't forget that recovery time in the middle of the response and the rebuilding don't jump straight into rebuilding mm. and action actually make sure you just sit with yourself and Think about actually what you need right now and don't be afraid to, to take it easy and give yourself a bit of a break. Those yeah. are my three. Caroline, what do you have? Really great tips. I think we're not going to avoid COVID fatigue. I think we're all going to feel it. We're either, we're either feeling it now or we're going to feel it going forward. I think it's natural and normal. Something like this happens. I think for me, this phase is about pacing and taking a break. So even if you've got work to do, even if you've got that long to-do list of things to do at home, allowing yourself to take time out from that and getting used to having time off again. I think that's, you know, we need to get reacquainted with taking time off and taking breaks. And that includes taking some leave. I think it's really, really important, you know, because this is for the long haul. This is going to go on for months and years. We don't, we need to be taking regular time out and leave. I think the other thing I would recommend is, perhaps building in some sort of review process for your day so something at the end of your particular working day where you just take a few moments as a the NHS practitioner health and, and I developed a little poster recently that's a three minute ritual you take three deep breaths and you ask yourself three questions what was hard what went well and what do I need right now so just something simple like that can just really help just to contain and process what you're going through day to day as we go through this phase it's being gentle with ourselves and and just thinking yeah what do we need right now and whatever that is it's okay yeah thank you that's really helpful good so you know for all our listeners we hope that you know you're doing okay and just recognize that COVID fatigue is normal and we're all experiencing it 
but just just keep your, an eye on yourself an eye on your colleagues an eye on your friends and, and family and get help if you need it you know make sure we there all the links are going to be in the bottom of the show notes there so Caroline, thank you once again for the, the podcast with me. Uh, we'll be back. Yeah, yeah. We'll be back talking about whatever we think is the new thing in, in a couple of weeks' time. Because, yeah. like we said, things are changing all the time. As ever, if you want to contact us, please get in touch with us. We'll leave our email addresses. You can get in touch with us via email, via Twitter. We're on yeah. LinkedIn. Um, share your thoughts. And if, if there's anything you would like us to cover in any of these podcasts, please let us know. Do submit your questions. And maybe we could do a Q&A one quite soon coming up. Now, and that yeah, I think it'd be lovely. Let's do a webinar or something where we can get some interaction and some yeah. answer people's questions. Yeah, let's yeah. do that. So watch this space, but please contact us. And please share this with people you think it might be useful for. So thank you. Thank you. you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, then please share it with your friends and colleagues. Please subscribe to my You Are Not A Frog email list and subscribe to the podcast. And if you have enjoyed it, then please leave me a rating wherever you listen to your podcasts. So keep well, everyone. You're doing a great job. You got this.